Today, I'm joined by Toby Altizer from 106.7 The Fan, and we're going to be taking a deep look at what has been the main issue behind the Washington Nationals not really producing many runs through the first two series of the 2023 season. You're going to get all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for this team in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And right now, we're going to get into it with Toby Altizer from 106.7 The Fan. You can hear him on The Fan just about any day of the week as schedules in radio are pretty wacky. Toby, what's going on, man? Nothing much. It was good to catch a couple of the ball games while they were here in D.C. And I think I'm going to try and get out there on Jackie Robinson Day. Check mm-hmm. out that Josiah Gray bobblehead. But, I mean, it's a tough it's a tough time to be a Nats fan. But if there's anything to be encouraged by, Mackenzie Gore looked good in his debut. But, I mean, it's Nationals baseball. So it's it's fun to watch, but <laughs> the results aren't so fun. The results haven't been so fun. And Toby, as I kind of said in that cold intro, you've been watching the games with me up up in the box and up in TV, wherever. We're watching together. Yeah. You see the same thing that I'm seeing right now with the lack of run production for the Washington Nationals through six games. And again, it's not the biggest issue because, again, it's only six games. But it's also a cause of concern, in my opinion, that this team hasn't been able to generate the runs that we kind of expected them to be a little better at this year, especially with a guy like Joey Manessis, who could be coming into form here. So what are your thoughts on that? It's tough when you have a lineup that really doesn't have a whole lot of power in it to generate runs when these guys, as much as we like some of the guys that are in the lineup, a guy like Manessis, uh, you know, I think CJ Abrams has a bright future. A lot of these guys don't put the ball in play enough or, They don't have a high enough average. And then when you're looking at the fact that no one hits it over the fence, you're depending on guys going station to station, maybe hitting one to the wall and driving in a guy from first. And you saw that in the game uh, series finisher against the Rays where they were able to move some guys around, but then you get the bases loaded, no one out, and you get strikeouts, strikeouts, pop up to right field, not far enough. You know, Victor Robles has been encouraging this season by what he's done but he comes up in probably the biggest at-bat so far this season for him. And he's 3-1, and he pops it up to right field, isn't able to drive a guy in. C.J. Abrams Mm -hmm. comes up in a really big spot after having a couple good at-bats the previous games and just looked completely overmatched and didn't stand a chance against Shane McClanahan's fastball. But those are the things that are a little discouraging for me when you look at guys that you expect to at least be able to do a little bit of something. Like, I'm not expecting... CJ Abrams to come up and hit a grand slam. He's not at that point in his career yet, or I'm not even expecting him to drive something in the gap and get a double and clear the bases. Just put the ball in play at least find Mm -hmm. a way to not strike out. And those are the things that are discouraging right now with the Nats is like, look, man, you got to have someone 
do something for the offense and singles and doubles and stuff like that are nice, but it stinks when you get a guy on second base, no one out, but no one else is going to get a hit. So that's a nice lead off to the inning. Mm -hmm. But if no one else is going to drive him in, then you're stuck with no runs. And I think that's what a lot of this season is going to be, unfortunately, but hopefully these guys can pick it up a little bit. Yeah, you know, and you kind of mentioned there, we're not hitting the ball out of the yard. And that's an obvious way to generate runs, as you know, Toby, right? Because <laughs> the Nationals right now, they have two home runs through six games. Sitting at first place in the major leagues is the Dodgers and the Rays with 13. The Nationals are dead last with two, with the, Ray the Blue Jays being in second to last with only three home runs. Listen, this team has only got two home runs through six games in a league to where you need to hit home runs in order to generate runs. That's kind of been the flashy way of baseball over the last decade. Last year with Aaron Judge going for the American League record and all that. This team just hasn't been able to get across the finish line. And then again, you also mentioned the fact that we aren't really getting any extra base hits. And, you know, and especially when looking at it from this year, we all thought that stealing bases was going to be a necessity. Because all these new rules, it's going to be tough for catchers to even defend that. You can only throw back on a runner twice at per at bat. And the Nationals only have one stolen base this year. I mean, that is really bad for there's teams in baseball who have way more than that. They're already well into the double digits. The Nationals are dead last with a couple other teams sitting with one stolen base. So I think in that Looking at it from this perspective, with all the new rules, I think that the Nationals will be able to generate more runs. They're just going to need to be more savvy and getting extra base hits and also stealing bases. That is a key part to these new rules. You can have the ability to have a guy have a 30-30 year, like a Ronald Acuna who does that seamlessly every year, feels like. So that is more important than ever, in my opinion, right now. What do you think about that? Well, and I think that base runners are going to be so important for this baseball team. One, it puts pressure on the pitcher. He's no longer able to just be comfortable coming out of the windup. He's going to have to pitch out of the stretch. He does have to worry at least a little bit of the runner on base. And the Nationals have tried to steal some bases, but like you said, only stolen one. So caught stealing isn't going to be an acceptable thing for this Nationals team. We're getting picked off. Those sort of things can't happen this year because runs are going to be at a premium and you're going to need these guys to find ways when guys are on base to move them up, whether it's just playing small ball, a guy hits a double to lead off an inning, find a way to hit it to the right side, move them over to third base, find a way to scratch across one run. Those are the kind of things you have to figure out, you know, situations like we saw where you have the bases loaded, no one out. I, you'd love to see three and four runs come across there. It, with this Nationals team, I need to see at least one, and we didn't see that the other day. And those are the sort of situations where you got to find a way to put the ball in play. And as much as strikeouts and homers are big in baseball, putting the ball in play still plays in Major League Baseball, and the guy's got to find a way to do that. Yeah, you know what? And we, we were actually talking about that yesterday with batting average. I know you do still value batting average real high. If I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you think it's one of your most valuable stats that you still look at? It depends upon the kind of guy. But, yeah, I do look at batting average. I know a lot of people like to dismiss mm -hmm. it because, you know, you can look at OPS or you can look at all the other advanced stats that 
you know, every kind of acronym you could think OPS of. OPS plus, whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, all, all that stuff. And like, maybe that gives you a better understanding, but plain and simple, and I've talked about this before, not on this podcast, but plenty of times, is like, as much as you want to dismiss batting average, it's the simplest stat in all the sports that makes sense. How many times do you come to the plate and how many times do you get a hit? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, that's the simplest mm-hmm. stat in all the sports. And I think it's still a good one. Maybe it was overvalued in the past, and it's something that we're learning now. Like, hey, a slugger only hits 240. That's okay. I get that. But at the same point, for a team like the Nationals, that they're not going to hit the ball out of the ballpark all that often, I think batting average might be a little more important because you need to string a couple of hits together to score a run. You know, that's actually a a really interesting point because I do – like, I I don't dismiss batting average. Like, I still value it but I value it for like certain players. So a guy like CJ Abrams, I look at his batting average. I'm like, yeah, I want him to be a high hit average because again, when this guy puts the ball in play, his big talent is what he does on the base path. He can extend a single into a double. If that ball hits the green grass in the outfield, that's the kind of player that he is. So looking at it from that perspective, it's actually really easy to say and be like, Hey, I'd prefer a high batting average for CJ Abrams rather than a higher slugging percentage. Because as I did say, I do still believe that slugging and getting extra base hits and hitting for power will get you the furthest as far as winning games and being more productive at the plate. But also by a player-by-player basis, looking at it from a batting average perspective, guys like a C.J. Abrams or even a Luis Garcia, I think those are two guys right there who I just want to see get hits get them on the base path, and even Victor Robles because they are speedy guys. They can seal bags. And again, that's kind of what they are, a plus hit tool kind of guy. Victor Robles, a little bit beyond that stage, but at one point in his career, that's what he was expected to be. Well, and a credit to the Nationals, I think part of what they wanted in this season coming in is they wanted a better approach at the plate, and they wanted to be selective on what they've swung at, which at times in the past has not been the case. I think they've done that for the most part early in the season because you've seen guys draw a lot of walks, and I think that's a good sign. Again, the issue is a guy draws a walk. You need to still have someone drive him in, and that's the part that they're lacking. So, you know, I don't want to overreact too much early on in the Mm -hmm. season, but then again, the way this lineup is constructed, I don't think this is a big scoring lineup because it depends on so much the next guy in the lineup being able to find a way to drive it in. And I don't know that with the guys in this lineup that you have the capability of stringing three and four and five hits together on a consistent basis. You know, those are great points, Toby. And again, we're going to get a little deeper into this, but I also want to talk about some of the managerial decisions from Davey Martinez, as we saw a pretty bad blown save the other night by Kyle Finnegan and I think there's a lot of talk about there I think there's still meat on that bone that we can discuss a few days out but before we get into that I have to tell you guys about our new friends from eBay Motors and guys for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check 
to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easier to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and of course, the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Visit them. ebaymotors.com. Also, let me tell you guys about another friend over on Built Bar. And guys, Built Bar, I've talked to you about them. I love them. Built Bar is here, and they are here to stay with the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get bars from the Coconut Puffs to the Coconut Cream. All these different Built Bars are here for you. And guys, you know I care about macros and counting calories and all that fun stuff. Built Bar has it just for you. And here's the thing. We did a March Madness bracket last year for Built Bars. Here's the thing now. You can just go to BuiltBar.com, grab your own package there. You don't even need to enter the competition anymore because it has wrapped up, and that is how successful it was. Are Built Bars that good to you? Of course they should be. Guys, it is made with all these real ingredients and real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltBarchMadness.com. Right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. And now we get back into it with Toby Altizer from 106.7 The Fan. And Toby, as we were kind of saying there, Kyle Finnegan in Game 2 of the Rays series. He comes in. One home run. Two home runs, three home runs, and then Davey pulls him after the lead was blown, after he was in all that struggles. What is your take on that? Because this is something that we have seen time and time again with Davey Martinez. I mean, I I don't understand what his thought process is there. I get that you early in the season, you want to build confidence with the guy and say, hey, I know you got into some trouble. Let's see if you can figure it out. I get all those things. And at the same point too, as much as we hear the noise that there's not many expectations for the, for the team, Davey, hears the same thing. So I wonder if some of that doesn't creep in like, Hey, let's, let's give these guys opportunities to prove themselves. But at the same point, he's given up two home runs. It's only at that point, a one run game. Correct. Like Mm -hmm. give that guy a break, take him out. He's struggling. It's not his day. Bring in someone else. And if it doesn't work for him, you know, that's not on Davey. Like, you got to try something else. But to give up a homer, put the game out of reach, I think it's discouraging for the rest of the ball club at the same point. Like, you know, you were within one run in the ninth. At, you know, you were three outs away from winning that ball game. Now you're only a run away if you can find a way to, to send it to extras. And then for it to just blow up and essentially be this game's over with, I think you got to make that move to pull him out. And I'm not sure what Davies thinking is on that. And it's a similar thing to Mason Thompson. The other day pitches two scoreless innings, looks good, comes out for a third inning, which makes no sense and mm-hmm. gives up a home run. And it's still not a bad outing for Mason Thompson by any means, yeah. you know, only one run in three, three innings, but at mm-hmm. the same point, like it could have been two scoreless innings and that's it. And that's probably what it should have been. I don't quite understand why Davey does this. I don't get what he's trying to do. My issue with Davey Martinez 
is I think he's a good manager for a ball club that can manage itself a lot of ways. So I think in 2019, he did a good job with the ball club. You know, his managerial decisions, I think, throughout his Nationals tenure have been questionable. Yeah. But I think what he did in 2019 is you got a ball club that is really good for, in a lot of ways, can figure itself out, especially with the lineup. The pitching staff was a little questionable with the bullpen, but he was able to keep them encouraged. That's why you saw them turn things around. You know, another manager might lose the clubhouse when they start 19 and 31. That might be the case, but Davey, that's not him. The problem is we're no longer at that point where keeping morale high is at the highest importance because this ball club's not very good. Yeah. I need you to make good decisions to keep the guys from blowing up. You know, I, I think they did a good job with CJ Abrams. I don't buy into the fact that third game of the series, he had a scheduled day off. I think it just so happens that a, he struggled the first two games. He's got the early season jitters. Give him a little bit of a, a relax, a relaxing day, you know, just sit yeah. down for a little bit, dude, calm down. I don't want you to go through three games, struggle in all three. And that just, snowballs into a terrible season for you relax I think you did a good job with that those are the kind of things I need to see from Davey but for whatever reason with the pitching staff it doesn't seem to correlate right like if a guy doesn't have it that day and you're able to pull him just pull him you've got other guys like I think he played Thaddeus Ward I thought he was going to leave them in for the whole three innings to finish out that series finale against the Rays he pulled him after two for the most part outside of the one run, Thaddeus Ward looks solid. Good. That's what it should be like. That's what you need to do in those sort of situations. Mm-hmm. Don't let guys go that extra batter that turns into a blow-up inning. Don't let those guys go that extra inning where it could be a two-scoreless outing instead of three with one run. Still not bad, but it could have been a lot better. Do those sort of things, and I think you'll be fine. I think there's a lot of questionable pitching decisions from Davey, and it's a hard point to be at with this ball club because – there's not a whole lot to look forward to. And then losing games like on Tuesday night. It's frustrating. Look, man, I can deal with losing 100 games this year. I've kind of already reserved for that fact. Don't lose ball games like that. Yeah. And even if you do lose a ball game like that, make it that Finnegan gave up the two runs. And you know what? It's just a regular blown save. Don't let it be you're up by one and then you lose by four. Yes. And that that is... Here's what I think Nationals fans have kind of woken up to over this, just over the last year. Davey Martinez has always kind of struggled with these decisions, even back in 2019. Now, for the most part in 2019, especially during the postseason run, he had all the right buttons. But 2018, 2020, 2021, and 2022, it's been pretty consistent where he allows guys a little too much leash. And that is something that we killed Dusty Baker over here in D.C. about how he would just leave guys out there, let them work through the struggles. And again, like you can work through the struggles. Like if you're going to work through those struggles, I guess now would be for a rebuilding team. But also there's common sense with it. You see someone like Kyle Finnegan who's hanging his breaking ball and they are hitting the ball 420 feet. Something is not right with him. He does not have his A game today. Yank him. Get him out of there. Don't let him sink there. Like, we are not in a position to where, especially with Finnegan, this is someone who could be, and going into this season, we were talking about how he could have a pretty high price tag if he does well in this closing role for the Nationals. Because is he part of the future in the bullpen? 
If you were to ask me, not really. I look at guys like Mason Thompson and other guys like uh, a Thaddeus Ward or a Tanner Rainey even. I look at those guys as more pieces to the future than Finnegan. So leaving him out there, I think, is just a terrible decision by this staff to really in all facets of the game, looking at it from a trade perspective, that was a bad decision. Looking at it from wanting to develop someone, a bad decision. Don't let someone sink there. That is a simple mistake that he keeps on making. And I think Nationals fans are finally out of that whole bubble of winning the World Series, and they're starting to realize, oh, we love Davey, but these decisions that he does not make when the time is needed is starting to bubble up here. And I think with Davey, for a lot of the season, it's just going to be about managing so that you can get these guys developed. But when it is a close ball game, I think he needs to turn into the manager that's really trying to win these ball games. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about some obvious ones. I think one that's not so obvious, you need length out of the starting pitchers. I get that. But Patrick Corbin had a really solid outing going. At mm-hmm. one point, I believe he retired 11 straight. Yep. And in those, what you saw happen was at the top of the sixth inning, right? It's a 3-2 ball game at that point. He's pitched fairly well. You'd like to get him through six, but to start the sixth, a huge, uh, really hard hit line drive out to center field. All right, so he's given up hard contact. A Rosarina grounds out to third. Okay, then he gives up a homer. That might be the time to pull him. Instead, yep. he sticks out there, a Margot single, a Walls double, a Siri single. He ends up getting thrown out on the base pass. Now it goes from being a, you know, maybe a five and a third, five and two thirds, three run game where you're like, all right, you feel decent about Corbin to totally. six runs in six innings. And it snowballs. Again, you go from being in a ball game to maybe having a chance, someone being heroic in the eighth or ninth inning to it's over with. Exactly. And I, those are the kind of things you can't have happen this season. Because a lot of times you're going to lose these games by three, four, or five runs, especially against teams like the Tampa Bay Rays. But if you're in a close one, right, try to pull out that manager that was like, you know what, I needed to have a little shorter leash in 2019 because we realized these games mattered. Do that again in those sort of situations. All right, Toby, we're going to get to – we're going to move on from the bad. We're going to preview the Colorado Rockies-Washington National Series as Josiah Gray takes the mound today at Coors Field and – Oh, no, Toby. (laughs) We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our new friends from So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing accessing next-level competition and rewards. It's not not critical to include, but FYI, So Rare recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto, our old friend, and Julio Rodriguez as brand ambassadors. Both are featured in So Rare's current brand campaign and will engage with the So Rare community throughout the season at MLB events. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup and start by competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on MLB to start playing today. 
And now we get back into it with Toby Altizer as we move on to the Colorado Rockies as Josiah Gray is starting at Chorus Field here today, Toby. (laughs) And if you guys listen at home or wherever you're listening right now, if you know why we're chuckling, the ball likes to fly at Coors Field, and Mr. Josiah Gray likes to let the ball fly. Listen, I think Josiah Gray will pan out to be someone who is considered a good pitcher. But man, oh man, when he misses, he misses. He leaves that breaking ball high and away. He leaves that hanging fastball as well. It is jarring to watch those mistakes sometime and then the other 95 percent of the pitches you're like this guy has the stuff what do you think about josiah gray at coors field today yeah let's hope it's josiah gray the guy that pitches well and had you know decently good outings last year mm-hmm. and not the bp pitcher that sometimes josiah gray turns into i mean yeah. three homers in his first start this year doesn't give you a lot of confidence going into coors field you know i think i i do believe like you said that Josiah Gray can become someone that will be a mainstay in this rotation for a while, even on a contending ball club, but he's just got to be more consistent. And, you know, you don't want to read too much into one start, but he had a good spring and then he comes out Mm -hmm. in his first start and gives up the homers. And I mean, that's what's plagued him all of last year and really throughout his career is the home run ball. So, I mean, going into course field doesn't give you a lot of confidence, but you know, these are the sort of situations where, if you're Davey Martinez, if you're the Nationals development crew, you're, you're Mike Rizzo, you're looking at this performance and saying, you know what, if Josiah Gray can find a way to limit it to one home run against the Colorado Rockies in Colorado, if you can find one way to keep the ball in the ballpark, if you can find a way to go out there and really go give a good outing, this is one that you could put a check mark by and say, you know what, that's development. This is what we need. Yeah. More of this, please. So, you know, this is a really good opportunity for Josiah Gray. I know a lot of people are going to laugh at the fact that, like, hey, man, it's Josiah, it's Coors Field. <laughs> Could be a home run derby. Look, that very well could be the possibility, but this is a huge opportunity for Josiah Gray to prove himself once again. Again, I think I, I totally agree with what you said there. I think Josiah Gray will be fine. And it's like I try to explain this to people who maybe not be all in on the nationals like you and I are and the people listening at home. Josiah Gray, like I would rather have this problem. Max Scherzer gave up a ton of home runs as well. Steven Strasburg has done it as well in the past. Like, I would rather have you mess up on just a few of those pitches than have some walk-a-thon, and you're walking five-plus batters per every couple innings. Like, I would prefer this, just because it's a lot closer than that issue right there with having a control or command issue. Josiah Gray is missing on about three pitches per game, and those three pitches end up being like home runs or just devastating doubles or whatever it may be. I think if he can limit it, then I think that is when we will see a much improved version of Josiah Gray. But again, it's not just Josiah Gray. It's the Nationals ace, Mackenzie Gore, going on Friday. Toby, how do you feel about Mackenzie Gore? We've talked a lot about him off the air. So let me tee you up here on Locked On Nationals. I love Mackenzie Gore, dude. I am so excited about what he can become. I think he can be a legitimate ace for this ball club. I don't think we're talking about a guy that's going to be a number three starter, a number four starter. I think you're looking at a frontline starter on a Mm. contending ball club, a guy that he was the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball for a reason. This guy's got electric stuff. At times in his debut against the Braves, He's going against elite hitters, guys that you know, household names, a guy like an Austin Riley. 
and he's throwing a breaking ball and Riley's swinging. He looks outmatched. I'm not saying that he's better than them right now, but I think once you get that consistency with Gore, you keep him in the strike zone. You don't have the walks like he did in the debut. You get him developed and he learns how to be a big league pitcher. I think you can see this guy being in the conversation as one of the better pitchers in all of major league baseball. And it's exciting to see because, you know, in that Soto trade, a lot of the guys outside of Abrams and, and Gore are still in the minor league. So it might take a little bit. If you can see Gore develop right in front of your eyes over the next couple of seasons, and then think about the future guys coming up with him, you can get really excited about this nationals baseball club. And I think Josiah Gray is going to be a solid starter for this team. I think he projects more as like a three, maybe even a four Mm -hmm. type guy in rotation. Again, I think Mackenzie Gore projects as a frontline guy, a one or a two, more along the lines of the guys you're used to seeing wearing the curly W, like a Scherzer, like a Strasburg. Now, I hope he can get to that level because obviously that was a World Series level, a Cy Young level. Oh, yeah. I really hope that he can get there. But even if he doesn't, he's just a step back. I mean, we got spoiled with those guys pitching in D.C. for a while. I think he's going to be a stud. Well, Toby, it's always fun catching up with you. And I've talked a lot about Mackenzie Gore and God, I love him, as you know. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball and win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. Well, Toby, that'll do it for us today. The Nationals take on the Rockies in a four-game series up in Denver, Colorado. We will see you guys on the flip side, and go Nationals.